Welcome to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. I'm Michael Kingswood, a retired submarine officer. I'm also a private pilot, martial artist, engineer, and a lifelong fan of science fiction and fantasy. I've written and published dozens of stories across the entire spectrum of speculative fiction. So sit back, let your mind wander through realms of adventure as I tell you a story. Story time with Michael Kingswood, episode 12 of the podcast. Scene 11 of Veritas Morte, a science fiction novella that I wrote and Keith Mickelson narrated. When last we left our hero Lucian, he had just gotten his butt kicked. He got cut in his thigh, in his peck. He got stabbed in his shoulder. He got stabbed in his thigh. But despite all that, he managed to win. And he killed Baron Emerson in the Veritas Morte duel to the death. Only thing he knows is that Baron Emerson is the guy who hired the servant to poison his father. He doesn't know why, except for this weird word, serene, that Emerson said right before he died. What does that mean? Don't know. But hey, at least he got revenge, and at least there's, yeah, somewhat stability going forward, right? Let's see what happens here in the aftermath. Veritas Morte, a science fiction novella by Michael Kingswood. Narrated by Keith Mickelson. Lucian leaned on his cane and tried not to wince at the stabbing pain as his leg protested his refusal to sit down. He could not afford the luxury, and anyway he felt it would be an affront to not feel his own pain fully here of all places. Through the plexiglass, his father still lay in his coma, but was clearly worse. The Emperor's visage was haggard, thin almost to emaciation. Despite all of the doctor's efforts, he continued to waste away. He had, at best, a few days left. Against that, the pain of Lucian's wounds were like a candle against a hurricane. He lowered his eyes, the emptiness of his impending loss filling him. Somehow, the fact that he had avenged his father was little comfort. Forcing himself to look away, he turned to face the men with him. Have you been able to figure out who or what Serene is? Hamberley cleared his throat and nodded. My technicians have completed their search of the Baron's records, sire. It seems Serene is the name of his late wife. Truly. Lucian looked from the Master Chief to Abernathy for confirmation. I did not know he was married. Nor I, my prince. The late baron was a deep well of secrets, it seems. Lucian frowned, troubled, and gestured for Hamberley to continue. Evidently, she was from Corellus. They met when he was stationed there early in his career and wed in secret. He paused as though considering his words carefully. I surmise he feared his marriage to someone outside of the Empire would tarnish his career prospects. A not unfounded fear, actually. Ties to an outside nation could potentially place one's loyalty to the Empire in doubt, which would hamper one's ability to advance. But still, 
He can't have been the first to marry from outside. Lucian glanced at Abernathy, and the old man nodded. There are procedures that need to be followed, but it can be worked out. We're not barbarians, after all. Amberly shrugged. Be that as it may, sire, he opted to keep it secret. As the years went on, they saw each other from time to time, and they communicated regularly. He cleared his throat again. It seems he fed her information about a number of imperial initiatives over the years as well. Which was a polite way of saying he had been a spy. Well, one treason followed another, it seemed. Abernathy cursed under his breath. Lucian was inclined to agree, but still. It seems a far jump from spying to assassination. Hamberly nodded. There is a clear shift in his writings starting two years ago. He begins musing about the impropriety of the Imperial plans for Corellus. He especially— Wait. Two years ago? That didn't make any sense. The crisis between Corellus and Hotor's star did not flare up until six months ago. Officially, no, my prince, Abernathy said. But the preparations for the Corellus campaign had been in progress for some time before that. The pieces had to be set, the justifications engineered. I'm sorry, engineered? Corellus attacked Hotor's star. What could be engineered about that? Abernathy looked away from him, his expression pained. You were too young at the time to be told all the details, my prince. Suffice it to say, Corellus attacked, yes, but it was not without provocation. You're saying we goaded them into it? Abernathy hesitated, then nodded. Intentionally? To give justification for an invasion? Another nod and Abernathy still would not meet his eyes. Lucian turned back to look at his father, the bottom going out from his stomach. The enormity of the lie the Empire had told to the universe, of the lie his father had told him, struck at him worse than Emerson's pommel strike. His head swam, and he could barely see for a moment. This wasn't the first time, was it? Silence. But Abernathy did not need to answer for Lucian to know he was correct. What happened to being upright before the law? We met every legal requirement, my prince. But not the spirit of the law. Abernathy did not respond to that. So we were planning to invade his wife's home. He tried to stop it but failed, so he worked behind the scenes to help them build their defenses. Thus the unexpected increase to their Starfleet. He must have hoped that surprise would make us rethink our plans. Lucian found, against his will, that his heart went out to the man. Such a dilemma to endure. That appears to have been his plan, yes, sire, Hamberly said. Until about eight months ago, when Serene was killed in one of the initial incidents that spawned the crisis. And it all became clear. He could no longer save her, but he could avenge her so he devised a scheme to kill the Emperor. And me. And then... He could not bear to say any more. Abernathy continued the thought for him. And then, as the senior-ranking cabinet member for external affairs, he could take command and halt the invasion before it could do any real harm. By the time the houses decided on a successor, Corellus would be a distant memory and far down the list of concerns for the new emperor. He may even have had designs on the throne himself.
Lucian stared at his father, and that emptiness he had felt before seemed to engulf his entire being. It had all been a lie. All of it. She was right, he murmured to himself. We are to blame for it all. What was that, my prince? Leave me, both of you. After a brief hesitation, two sets of footsteps left the room and the door shut behind them. Lucian just stood there, feeling his world, everything he had thought to be true, crumble away. At some point, he began to weep. Well, that is an upsetting turn of events. Turns out, you actually are the bad guy, Lucian. Or at least the Empire is. Alright. Yep, yeah, Emerson's a traitor. Committed treason against the state. Betrayed his emperor. Tried to kill the emperor. Tried to kill the emperor's son. But, you know, nobody's a cardboard cutout. It's a cliche among writers that everybody's a hero in their own story. And it's true. Right? Emerson is a traitor. But in his mind, at least, he's a patriot who is loyal to a higher cause. The higher cause being his own kind of personal, you know, loving his wife and wanting to make sure her home is safe and she's safe. Which is not something to be taken lightly, right? I mean, that's what a man's supposed to do. So, that leaves Lucian here in this place where it's like, well, what, I mean, what do you make of that, right? Uh, it's not the first time the Empire's done something like this. You know, Abernathy didn't say it, but he admitted it. And uh, so that empire that he's been growing up to take command of, turns out it really is the evil galactic empire. So what do you do? One more episode left. One more scene left in this story. We'll uh, see what happens then. In the meantime, buy the book. Buy the book. I keep saying that because it's true. I buy it. It's an audio book, print, ebook. Come by the website, say hi, sign up for the mailing list so you know when new stories are coming out. And of course, if you really like me, send me lots of money on Patreon because, hey, can you resist this face? <laughs> All right. All right. That's enough of that. Um, love you a long time. Catch you in the next one. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. That'll do it for this episode of Storytime with Michael Kingswood. Come by my website, michaelkingswood.com, for information about my work. There you can sign up for a newsletter where I tell about new releases and special promotions. Guaranteed to be spam free. Or just drop me an email at michael at michaelkingswood.com and I look forward to hearing from you. If you really like my stuff and feel like giving me a buck, drop by Patreon and sign up to be a patron. As always, if you like today's story, be sure to leave a review on your favorite online bookstore and share this podcast with all your friends. This production is copyright Michael Kingswood. Intro and outro music copyright Jean Paul Zogby, licensed through stockmusic.net. All rights reserved.